Director and obsessive hand washer. And I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and new graphic novelist. Ooh, wink, tell wink. me more. I had a graphic novel come out from Boom Studios called Bury the Lead. Please go get it. What is it about? It's a crime thriller. It's like Killing Eve meets lesbian Hannibal. There's a butch lesbian character in it, and my dad read the whole thing and then didn't realize that the character was a woman till the sex scene. Thank you so much. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, a lot of dads wouldn't even read it. That's true. That's true. Let's give him credit for that. Anyway, do do our new thing. Oh, yes. This is Just Between Us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice, ridiculous games, and brutal honesty. How do you guys feel? We're testing out a new a new line. We are rebranding. I think it works. I think it describes the show a little bit better than what we had before. Yeah. We have an incredible episode for you this week. We're going to be talking all about divorce with Adrian Earhart. Ugh. My mom's favorite topic. (laughs) We're really hitting all my parents' uh, things that they love in this episode. (laughs) Uh, Is your dad's favorite thing murder? Because that's going to be our topic later. The one crime he hasn't committed. Oh, my God. (laughs) But first, hit it. International question. International question. International question. Adam. Atlanta. Adam wants us to know he was born in Canada, so it's technically an international question. I love that for you, Adam. And we appreciate it. Adam says, I hung up a pride flag in a common room of my apartment, and my roommate, who was randomly assigned to Adam, wrote me a nicely worded letter telling me to take it down because he didn't like it. Should I take it down? Should I leave it up? Do I add more flags? Maybe a picture of a penis? (laughs) How do I handle microaggressions like this from well-meaning people? Uh, Basically, he says, you know, how should I handle this and more broadly how to handle small microaggressions, especially with people you see a lot. He says he doesn't want to immediately assume the guy is a homophobe and an asshole. Uh, And also the guy's reasoning. So here's the full text of the, the note, which starts to whom it may concern. I noticed that you hung a flag in the living room. Although I am sensitive to the views of the LGBTQ community, I would like to ask you to please hang it in your own personal space. The living room slash common area of the household is supposed to be just that, common. It should be free of personal items, especially items that reflect beliefs and lifestyle choices. By hanging a flag in the living room, it makes a statement that all occupants of the apartment are part of the LGBTQ community, and I personally am not. (laughs) If you could please remove the flag, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance for your consideration of my request. This is the longest no homo of all time. I can't believe how afraid this man is to seem queer in any way. I I literally, he should have just been like, to whom it may concern, no homo, love your roommate. Yeah, just like to whom it may concern, it was just that one time I sucked the penis. <laughs> Like, what are you fucking talking about, dude? I don't know, but it sucks because it's, you know, one of the things that's really tough about having roommates is, like, it's your own space, but not really, you know? Yeah. So you don't even feel, like, I would imagine this would make Adam feel, like, not accepted in his own home, which sucks. Yeah, and, like, and like scared to have to hide parts of himself. Like, I assume this kid would not have a problem if someone was, like, from Venezuela and, like, hung up the Venezuelan flag. No, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure he'd be like, I'm not Venezuelan. <laughs> This does not reflect me. I think every it's going to make people think that everyone in this apartment is is from Venezuela. Fuck you, dude. Like, it seems like this guy's main problem is that is that he doesn't want to be seen as gay. 
Right. Rather than that he like disagrees with the with like gayness at, on like some sort of fundamental level. Well, I don't know though. I mean, I think you have to be pretty homophobic to think to be that, so scared yeah, to be so, that afraid. Do you know what I mean? That's actually the definition of homophobic. Yeah. He's scared of be, of He's gay. He's scared of the pride flag. I don't know what Adam should do. I mean, I think that hang 12 more pride flags. <laughs> I think that he needs to have a discussion maybe with all of the roommates cuz I from the letter he said that the, the handwritten letter from his email, he yeah. said that um he's like friends with the other two roommates and this guy was randomly assigned. So maybe there's like a a sit down meeting where it's like, "Hey, look like I know this was not your intention, but this note comes off to me as homophobic. Yeah. And like you you being so terrified of being associated at all with the LGBTQ community by simply having a pride flag in your home, like that's that's hurtful to me and, and it makes me worry about us living together. Yeah, like it makes me feel like you uh you don't respect me and you don't want me to be able to express myself like a core part of myself in the apartment yeah and then also like just because someone has like a yankee flag doesn't mean they play for the yankees <laughs> like or like yeah like tell him he can hang up like if he's a fan of like i don't know like the packers or whatever like he can hang up a packers sign and i think also like where does this deep fear come from? You know, like if he if he like sort of is like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not homophobic, whatever. It's like, OK, so let's let's go worst case scenario in your mind. Someone you don't know, maybe one of my friends comes into this apartment and thinks, oh, everyone that lives here is queer. Why is that terrible? <laughs> maybe like, force yeah. him to look at his own issues. Yeah. Because I think that this guy probably does think that he's an ally, but he's clearly not. <laughs> also, goddamn fucking roommate letters. I had a roommate who would leave post-its everywhere that with like smiley faces telling me like what to do. That's horrible. I I it was like why couldn't you just have the discussion with me? So you're right. Have a sit down face to face discussion. Because he might not understand how his message is coming off. Like to yeah. him to him he might be like it would be the same as being like please put your dishes in the sink. Right. You know like I think this is someone who is like not at all familiar with the plight of the queer community right. or the history or like what this implies. I think it's worth sitting down and having that conversation. Yeah. You know I think that then that's how you get to know his true colors is how he responds to that. Yeah. If it's either like oh my god I didn't realize you're right or if it's like I hear you but I don't want people thinking I'm queer. <laughs> Oh my god. That then just be like then okay then we'll make a little arrow that says this does not apply to Chad. Or you know he might reveal that like I get that but like my mom's coming over and my mom is super conservative or like you know like there, yeah. there might be some deeper whatever some reason other issues like fam- family issues <sighs> like causing this. Uh, I think that our advice is twofold. One, have a conversation where you explain what's going on. Yeah. Um, see what his reaction is. And then two, keep the flag up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't think you should have to take this flag down. And I think instead you say, hey, I think we can all put up things that we want in the common room. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, unless it's like the Confederate flag, then we have some problems. Oh, yes. You can hang stuff that isn't actively hateful to other people. How about that? Right. That should be the rule. Oh, man. I feel bad for Adam and his roommate. And you know what? Maybe this isn't the best fit. Maybe this guy should should move out. Or, honestly, maybe he'll learn a lot from you. And he'll walk away a better, more understanding person. That's true. And and he'll become a person who doesn't start uh, who doesn't start letters with to whom it may concern. <laughs> if you have a roommate letter that you want us <laughs> to attack on air or any other sort of problem... Please submit your international question to just between us pod at gmail.com. 
That's just between us, P-O-D at gmail.com. Stick around after the break. We're going to be talking all about divorce with comedian Adrian Earhart. No homo. It's very juicy. (laughs) Just between us. Back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough questions. And this week, I truly believe you. I know. I'm I'm delighted. Um, okay, so I'm going to give a little backstory before we introduce our guest. Uh, I, I was in the stand-up scene a few years ago before I, I just couldn't do it anymore <laughs> yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a it takes the heart of a champion um and while i was on the, the stand-up scene i met a wonderful comedian named adrian Earhart, who you'll get to know in a second and um she has a great online presence too she's a big tweeter and i follow her t- her twitter rather religiously and one day i saw a tweet that was like something about dating and i was like but she's married over the course of a few days, the tweets became less vague. Okay. And suddenly I realized, oh no, this is divorce. So can you take us on a timeline and also just your thought process? Because you, I could see you slowly revealing more and more online. Mm-hmm. Well, it's tough because he's an influencer. And I'm not a huge person by any means, but like public enough that mm-hmm. there were so many questions. Yeah. And um, When I, did the questions start? I mean... Anytime I went anywhere without him, it was, yeah. how are you guys? So because of that level of, I mean, it's a very small level of publicity, but it's, we're public enough that I felt like I had to address it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so angry that I couldn't keep it in. And yeah. like part of me was like, don't air your dirty laundry. And the other part of me was like, how many sad love songs have you listened to that got you through some shit? And that was people pouring their freaking souls out. Mm-hmm. And Stand-up and writing is my art. Right. This is how I'm expressing myself. Tell us from beginning to end. Your so we've been together eight years. Okay. In July, it was eight years. Uh, got married two Aprils ago. So married two, together eight. He'd insisted that there would be no children, and I agreed. Okay, no kids, but we have a dope, elevated lifestyle. Okay. Where we, we, we keep moving up. We keep living somewhere doper. We get a dog. We have a washer and dryer in our apartment. <laughs> like, just like, level up, level up, level yeah. up, like yeah. Sierra said. So, um... That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And from the minute we got married on, that was my my goal was like, well, if I'm not going to have kids, I'm going to throw myself into making this happen. And it wasn't happening. He was plateaued and younger. He's five years younger than me. So mm-hmm. he just, oh, he'll, really? he'll be 31 soon. I'm 35. And it just started to like reveal itself more and more. And I started to pull away and be less interested in him and what he was doing. I quit stand-up. I really hadn't done stand-up for like almost two years. Mm-hmm. Or any exercise. I was horribly, horribly depressed. This is a really uh, vulnerable moment, but he broke up with me and told me that he wasn't uh, attracted to me anymore. And that I was fat, I let myself go, and that I had been pushing him away. And it was like right on the heels of I had just had an amazing meeting with a manager who was like wanting to do all these projects with me. And I was on top of the world and I took him out to dinner. And then we tried to like repair this distance that had been forming between us. And it had been been forming because he was having an affair. So for two weeks, he let me think that I was fat and disgusting and mean and cold and that I had done this. So what what, what were you what, what was your reaction in that moment when he said that to you? I shut down. I just was staring at the wall like completely out of body. Just half of me so relieved. Really? And half of me 
so confused about like what my life, I think my first thought was something like, well, I guess I have to cancel your flight for our trip in October. It's yeah. always, it's always, it's always logistics. like minutia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very logical. And then the other half of me uh, was just like, where will I live? Where will I go? What will I do? Mm-hmm. Who will I be? Who am I? Can yeah. I have a family now? Like it was so much positive and so much negative at once. And like, I, I literally was just, I mean, I, I started crying immediately as, as this happened because I was like, oh my God, I'm so disgusting. I took a while uh, to tell my family. Uh, it, this happened on a Friday and then um, he went out with his girlfriend Saturday and then... So you stayed in the same apartment like you did? Yep. Went out with his girlfriend Saturday. I found this out later. And then Sunday called his parents and told them we were getting divorced and they were both like, what? And then it was Tuesday when I finally told my mother, brother and sister. And my mother and I hadn't been speaking for a while for... This is just what we do, you know, mm-hmm. mothers and daughters. And she actually reached out and was like, come stay with me for a little while. So at this point, I'm like, he he's disgusted with me. I've pushed him away. I let my body go. I let my ambition go. He doesn't want me anymore. Uh, no one's going to want me anymore. So my mom's trying to like pick up the pieces of this broken daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two weeks go by and I, I catch him on the phone with her and I found out that there was a, I mean, I always suspected I'm not an idiot. Yeah. You know, but just How did you that, catch him on the phone? Were you still in the same, you were still in the same space as him? I was spending two weeks begging him to work on us mm-hmm. because I had put eight years in this and yeah. I was like, let's go to couples therapy. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, try to get to at least a, a, a happy, harmonious level before, you know, we disengage like this. Because um, it felt like I was still in love with him and he wasn't in love with me. And mm-hmm. and that was so confusing for me because I was like, I know that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So um, we had agreed like a week and a half later, he was like, okay, we'll, we'll call this a trial separation and we'll meet weekly and we'll, you know, talk things out and, and work on us. And I was like, okay. And they said, I'm just going to call my dad. And I was like, okay. And then he walked into our studio and closed the door and called his fucking girlfriend. You could hear him? I or? turned off all the fans next door and all the white noise, and I listened outside. And I, I really don't think he was telling his dad that he was the hottest person at a party. I really don't think that he was talking to his father. So I uh, busted what? in the door, and I was like, is that your dad? Put him on speakerphone. And then something snapped in me. He hung up the phone immediately. And I just let him have it and asked him a bunch of questions, and stuff started to come out. At that point, he was telling me that they were just, like, kissing and talking on Instagram and all this bullshit. So I used the timestamp of that and looked at our phone records and traced back three months of, of phone calls. So did you, once you realized that, that that was what was going on, did you feel like, oh, okay, so the stuff about me being unattractive, like, was, wasn't real? Like, was that a relief? Uh, she's 11 years younger. Sure. So, no. And I, I do believe that he'll have success as an influencer despite mm-hmm. this. This is not going to affect him at all. He's a white male. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, how many people have, <clears throat> I think, like, about all the ex-wives who have come out and talked about, like, men who are actors and everyone just is like, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that they do. I should have seen it coming. That's the thing. Uh, I feel so stupid for not seeing it coming. And I've been doing really well since then. Like, as soon as I found out about her... Uh, and the phone records and everything. I kicked him out. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. you're done. Get out. Um, literally threw his shit in suitcases and very had a cinematic. screaming fit. Yeah, it was very incredible, like a movie scene. And he was still trying to to lie and minimize. Like he never fully fessed up to you or right. did he ever? Until until the phone records, until I saw them. And yeah. I was, and I'm not a yeller. I'm not a very, I had a, a very violent childhood. So I am not a violent person by mm-hmm. nature. And I was screaming so loud that I lost my voice. And yeah, I've never been so angry in my entire life. Well, yeah. Well, it's one thing what he did. And then it's another thing to to say what he said mm-hmm. and to lie about, mm-hmm. you know, and to mislead. Yeah. Put it on I me. think that's the 
That's the cruelest <clears throat> part of, of this story. Is to make it Adrian think that it's her yes, fault. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For getting fat. <laughs> uh, which like okay. I but, was like twenty pounds heavier than I am now. But mm. even so, I mean, whatever. Even so, that's like so not so clearly wasn't what was also going on. A clear indicator that he's not someone ready for marriage right. or yeah. capable of being married. So like when did you start feeling like, okay, I'm I'm gonna get back into stand up, I'm gonna get back into like doing the the stuff that benefits you? Because that's like probably the best side effect of all of mm-hmm. this shittiness. It was a week after I found out about the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I went through it for a few days. Um and like just tried to keep my social calendar mm-hmm. packed full, which was helpful. I've had a lot of people reach out that I had cut off over the years just from my depression and yeah, you know, from being wrapped up in my marriage and trying so hard to put it first. Um, it was like a week after that, and then I just uh, got on stage. Like a a buddy had been asking me to come do his show for a while, mm-hmm. and I'd been saying I'm on hiatus or I've quit or whatever for months, and then finally he was like, "Just come watch the show." And I said, "Actually, can I do a hot five? And I did five minutes of this material, and it it was well received, mm-hmm. and I didn't like cry. I was a little shaky because it had been many months since I'd been on stage. Yeah. And then uh, afterwards, like a bunch of people came up and they were like, "We just unfollowed him." <laughs> I mean, not even that, but, like, I think probably ha- – have women been reaching out being like, oh, yeah. my God, I had the so same thing or whatever. people. Really? And they just feel out. alone probably. Yep, yep. And, and that's why it's so powerful that you are posting about it. If you watch my Instagram stories, you'll see, like, me venting about the, the things that he took from the house when he left. And, like, I don't have any tools to take things off the wall. So a buddy had to come and, like – take all my things off the wall for mm-hmm. me. I don't have any knives. So I bought watermelons and I came home and just threw them. Because but like I didn't that's have been any. like a recurring bit, right? That you don't have any knives. I don't knives have any and knives. you just like keep tweeting about what you, how you're going to do stuff without any knives. I turned it into one of my better jokes and it's doing really well. So I'm, I'm, I do it on stage. I'm happy about it. Has he responded to you being public with it? Nope. He hasn't said anything? No contact. Why did you guys get married? Because um, we're best friends. And... Yeah. We had dope times and we hardly ever fought. And he was there for me during a really dark time when we first met. I was going through my first divorce when we met. And um, I think I felt like because my marriage had failed that this next one had to work. Yeah, that happens to so many people. And it was easy because, you know, he was handsome and fun and he showed me stand up. And like now that I look back, I'm not sure if I fell in love with him or with stand up. That's so because they're so intertwined yeah. and like to spend time with him I had to go to Mike's mm-hmm. and then his friends were like you're funny get up mm-hmm. and I grew up without stand-up comedy I didn't have television growing up so I didn't know what it was and it just clicked something just clicked in there and it was like I was supposed to do this mm-hmm. and then love happened as mm-hmm. it does when yeah. you know there's when someone needs you I guess I needed him at the time I was so lost and so right. fucked up uh which is never the healthiest way to, definitely to start not. something. Definitely not. And I think I was good to him. I mean, I tried to mature him and make him, you know, grow up a little bit and guide him and, and teach him how to say no to things. He's too nice. And I, I think I strengthened him a little bit. And mm-hmm. he's definitely softened me. Mm-hmm. I definitely had prickly wall, which has since come right back up. But it's been such little time. Like a lot yeah. of people would still be in there crying in bed phase and that's totally fine and valid but you like i mean to say a week later you were like rediscovering yourself Mm -hmm. is incredible it was like sink or swim 
mm-hmm. and I can't go to that dark place again. And I'm staying busy and I'm writing jokes and I'm going out and I'm hanging with friends and I'm going to birthday parties and I'm dating and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having sex with other people to try to like feel again. And it's yeah, working. Yeah, to be yourself. It's did all you, working. Did you debate whether or not about the dating and when to start that Yeah, up? I, I think two weeks I like danced around it and like obviously there was always options because I'm a comic. I'm a female comic. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it was nice to like tap into a couple of those and be like, hey, it's been five years of wondering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wonder no more, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like nothing's really, you know, stuck and then if there is someone that I'm super liking, it's, it's probably not a good time for me. Right. That's what I, I think. Yeah. I think it's like because I did that, like, I, I had a breakup, and then I just was, like, every person who had ever flirted with me, I was like, hello, yeah. uh, and, like, took care of that in, like, mm-hmm. a week. And then way too soon, like, three weeks later, like, was dating someone new, and I was like, I should not have done that. Like, yeah. that was way too soon. I think of it, like, I've had a lot of friends who've been divorced reach out, and one of them said, um, he was like, women mourn the loss of the relationship while they're in it. Yeah. And then they, you know, gather up the chutzpah to actually break it off, whereas the men mourn it after they're out of it and in a new one thank god you guys never had kids yeah that's the huge thing that's yeah my best friend who's christian said that god interfered to make sure that i didn't have kids with him or the first ones that i wouldn't be tied to them and i was like well you could say it's god or it's uh cysts on my ovaries but (laughs) (laughs) either way Uh, i did it i just said that i'm sorry i'm so sorry I, I, I totally understand the thing about you feeling like you were rising and he wasn't and needing to make him. Like, I think women are so afraid of, like, the man feeling inferior. And he was. And then, like, going out of the way to, like, mm-hmm. make sure that they don't. But when, yeah. are, when are men ever worried that women feel inferior? Yeah. It's That's, such an interesting dynamic. You don't hear it that often. You don't hear that, like, they're like, oh, I have to help her career. I never right. hear that, really. He's, when, he, when we broke up, he was like, now you can live your own life and mm-hmm. not live my life. And like we had tried, we had had several serious conversations before this where I had ended up saying something like, um, I don't have the strength to leave you. Aww. And he had said things like, if I'm holding you back, you can go. This was before you found, yeah. before that April Before 9th? the actual breakup. But I'm, I'm fucking back to me. And like, it, it feels amazing. It really does. I'm, I feel liberated. Most of the time I feel really happy. I have moments of like something catches in my throat and I have a moment, Mm -hmm. but they're fewer and farther between. And, you know, it it feels really good. Yeah. I I have a weirdness when someone messages me or someone asks me out in person and my first instinct is is to show my ring and I don't have a ring anymore. Yeah. But to pert, like I didn't know what to do with my wedding dress and my veil and all this bullshit and I was stressing out about it and I just tweeted, does anyone want a free wedding dress? (laughs) And this actress who, she's a deaf actress, she tweeted, she was like, what size, what's it look like? So I DM'd her a picture and told her the size. And she's like, I'd love to have that. So I shipped my wedding dress for free to this stranger from Twitter. Hopefully she can get some happiness from it. I didn't want to deal with like listing it and like just touching it was like, and I took it to the dry cleaners because I was like, how much is this going to be the dry clean? And they were like $300. And I like burst into tears. And I was like, he cheats and I I have to pay money for this. No. And I just gathered it up and just threw uh, it in a box and shipped it to this girl. So I was like, can you just pay for shipping? And she was like, no problem. So I oh sent her the receipt God. and she vented me. Oh, there you go. So I got oh I got God. rid of that bullshit. And then like pictures of us that were like hanging on the walls, I literally just threw them in the garbage, mm-hmm. in the dumpster. As you should. Mm-hmm. And it felt really like liberating. And mm-hmm. yeah, he, he, he left me with so much work 
that I just like walk around venting like in my apartment, like all these fucking linens and all this goddamn. He just yeah. took cherry picked what he wanted and dipped out. Fucking asshole. Before we move on to the next part of this podcast, do you have just one one piece of advice for someone who's maybe going on a journey like this? Don't marry someone who doesn't communicate. Mm. This is like if if he'd been able to talk to me from the get go, right? This could have been avoided by either us not being together or by working through these issues. Mm-hmm. And don't compromise yourself. I just poured myself into him because I was like, yeah, I don't want kids. I'll I'll live this life. I'll do this life. Don't fucking do that. There's always going to be someone who's going to want to align themselves with your goals. Don't compromise yourself. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story and for being so vulnerable. Uh, would you like to play a game show? For sure. <laughs> okay, Woo! fantastic. Uh, this game is called Hypotheticals. You and Gabby will be the contestants. I will be providing you with hypothetical situations, mm-hmm. and you'll tell me what you would do. Okay. Allison, are we starting with America's yeah, Favorite so Game our, Show? Our Holy America's shit. Favorite Game Show is, would you stay with this cheater? And we can all agree the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, is, that, is, it, is that it? We've yeah, already played it? it. I literally just wrote, would you stay with this cheater? And then underneath, no, exclamation mark. The end. Wow, the that's end. the first time that game has played itself. <laughs> I can't believe it. Just like my ex-husband. Play, exactly. Played yourself. Yes. Okay, our next favorite game show is, is this person an alien or just rude? Okay. While at the hair salon, you ask your stylist for a simple trim. Instead, they cut off all your hair and say you need to grow some character. You've been relying on your looks for too long. Now you are completely bald and angry. <laughs> Is this person an alien or just rude? Uh, I think just rude. You think just rude? How but come? also some people can rock a bald head. Oh, absolutely. But it should it's be your not choice. What, yeah, it's not what you asked yeah. for. Uh, I think they're just rude. What do you think? I think that's a suable offense. <laughs> I will sue that person. You kind of can, right? Yeah. I don't think so. If that's part of my brand. Yeah, you could 100%. sue them but, for for um damaging your your wages. Yeah, but maybe they're just trying to ignite something in you. You so don't that, get to make that decision not without my consent. You rudo. Yeah, okay. even if it's to ignite something into you to then have you become part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Why? Because you're a superhero. Wait, what? You have to be bald to get your powers, and the hairstylist knew. Allison, oh, what? That, then that's an alien. And the hairstylist <laughs> is Nick Fury? Yes. Okay, Allison. <laughs> okay, our next game. Somewhat fitting. Are you a terrible parent? Your child is afraid of water and will only take a shower if you go in there with them. So every day you take a shower together. They are 15. Are you a terrible parent? Allison. What? Get the hose. <laughs> yeah. That's a great answer. They stand outside, you hose them down. You're fully clothed. God. I I think you might be a terrible parent. And I like Adrian's idea to put just get them with a hose. Put the goggles on. They, can't, go outside. they, they have to be naked with someone else or they feel too vulnerable. So we think terrible parent because we didn't address yes. these issues way yes. earlier. And yes. also, yeah, they should. Ab- you should absolutely have gone uh, to therapy because something bad happened to that kid. Right? Okay, fine. But to be fair, it's a rain shower, so it was nice. <laughs> what? They had a fancy rain shower. Okay, our last game is a brand new game that I've created. Okay. It's called Would You Lie or Tell the Truth? Wow, okay. Here we go. This is the scenario. While visiting your significant other's parents' house for the first time, you clog the toilet with the smelliest poopies you have ever pooped. Oh, no. Do you tell them or do you quickly leave the bathroom and pretend to be enraged later when your significant other's dad assumes his asshole neighbor broke into their house again to take a shit? (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Again? Yeah, they've been, luckily for you, they've been having this issue. Where the neighbor breaks into the house to shit? Yeah, and so they think, oh, it's just it, it's just Joey again. But it was you. But Joey has done this in the yes. past. It's Joey then. Yeah. So I you lie? Absolutely lie. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, it turns out later when the mom goes in to fix it, she realizes it smells different. And she's on to you. I was going to ask about the scent because everyone has their own scent. <laughs> yeah, so the, j- the jig is up, everybody. No, we gave Joey some treats yesterday. <laughs> and, it and, changed. Now, and it changed his poop smell. I gave him some edibles. So you and... just go deeper with the lie. Yep. Okay. Go all the way in. I think if Joey's already done the thing, then we let Joey take the fall yep. again. Yep. All right, but then Joey's in jail and you stink it up again. Why is he in jail? Yeah. Because he's breaking into people's houses to poop. <laughs> Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Uh, Twitter at Cradrian, Instagram Cradrian, Cradrian everywhere. C R A Y D R I E N N E. After the break, we'll be talking all about murder. <laughs> oh boy, I picked it. We're going to jail. <laughs> Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for topics. X, 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 baby. Baby. So every week we pick a random topic to discuss. And this week I wanted to talk about murder. Um, yeah, in my email to you when you suggested this, I said, uh, why are you trying to send us to jail? I, you're allowed to talk about murder. You're just not allowed <laughs> to commit murder. <laughs> Well, what made me think about this is because I've recently started watching the hit show Dexter. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you're living in 2007? Always have been. Always will be. Okay. And Dexter, if you haven't seen it, first of all, I recommend it. Um, wow. It's on Netflix. Uh, second of all, basically, so the whole premise is that he is a serial killer, uh-huh. but he only kills bad people. Yeah. And so his dad was a cop who taught him this code. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the code was that to, to get rid of his urges, he was allowed to murder, but only bad people. Uh-huh. And I, you know, watching the show, I've been thinking about it. And I was like, okay, so let's pretend that, like, I find out that, like, my partner was doing this. Mm -hmm. Would I be upset? Mm -hmm. And I I don't think that I would be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it kind of comes back to believing in the death penalty. I don't believe in the death penalty. No, me neither. But you know why? Because I feel that the justice system is flawed. I don't trust the justice no, system. No, but for some reason, I would trust a vigilante. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? No, in the show, a big part of the show is him doing research he to prove proof. that these people have killed. And so yeah. he only kills other murderers. Yeah, and but I, you know, that's what the justice system thinks it's doing. Right, but, but like there's two for so me so much entrenched racism and so much entrenched like uh, mistakes and flaws. So that there's been too many people executed who like were at later found innocent. And Absolutely. So like I I'm like anti death penalty. No, I'm anti death penalty. I am pro vigilante murders. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, and here's why. Well, a big part of it, honestly, is that I think that like the justice system isn't good. There's a lot of people out there that are like bad on a that, technicality. Yeah, they get on out, a technicality, yeah. they get out. And like, I've always been someone where like in the movies, if there's like a scene where like finally the good guy gets the gun, yeah. and they have the chance to shoot the bad guy, and then they hesitate, and then of course. Something happens and they lose control of the gun and, like, Mm the movie keeps going. I would be like, shoot him! Yeah. Like, I would shoot immediately. Okay. There wouldn't be any, my hand shaking. Like, I would just, like, go in and be like... So here's the problem. 
is that, that I just made gun sounds? You no, know, it was very realistic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is that like there? I it's easy, I think, to say that you don't that that you don't believe in the death penalty or whatever. When I've never had a family member uh, or friend or something be a victim of like be murdered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like knock on wood, but like. So, like, I don't know how I would feel if I saw, like, you know, in the courtroom somebody, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, if I would change my opinion if it was, like, someone who had personally done something to someone I love. Yeah. Would I, would I then be like, no, fry them? You know? I don't know. Would I then feel like I want to go to their house and, like, murder them if they got off of the, if they got off, you know? I don't know. That's the whole thing is, like... I, I say that I would immediately shoot, but obviously you don't really know how you're going to act. You don't know what you moment. would do in the moment. I know exactly. I But I also am like, then it's hard because I think I have a lot of issues with like the, the prison industrial complex. Um, and then I've read a lot of stuff where it's like, well, what about murderers and rapists going free if you like get rid of the prison system? But then it's also like, okay, but then there's some people that are so evil. Like, what about, like, Ted Bundy? Or what about, mm-hmm. like, Richard Ramirez or something? It's just, like, what do you do with these people that are that are so evil? You're, my instinct in the moment, thinking about their crimes, is, like, to f- strangle them. You know yeah. what I mean? But, again, that's more vigilante than death penalty. It is. It's, vigil- it's vigilante. Um, not that I'm promoting that in any way in the real world, but, like, I just, I just have realized about myself that, like, I no longer trust the Justice Department or, like, I, like, I don't see things in black and white in terms of, like, what's legal and illegal based on, like, the laws of America. Mm-hmm. To me, it's more like what's morally right. It seems like a lot of responsibility to end a life. Like, even if, like, even if, I mean, I don't know. If someone hurt Cheyenne, I would probably kill them. But, like, I also don't know if in the moment I would be, like, I I can't, like, take a life out of someone's mm-hmm. body. Like, that well, seems crazy. Well, I think crazy. there's a big difference between, crazy. like, predetermined and in the moment. Oh, crime of passion? Or, like, or not crime of passion because that implies they don't deserve it. Like, self-defense. Like, yeah, self-defense. You know, like, I think I'm, I'm a huge proponent of self-defense. Yes. And, but you and also not to have the point to be of, like, sure... What's happening? I think people are really quick to, I don't know, feel like, let's get a read on the situation. I'm not saying, like, these police claiming self-defense. Right, exactly. I'm talking about, like, your spouse aggressively attacking you. Yeah. And in that moment, you know. Or, like, someone's assaulting you and you kill them. Right. Yeah, I hear that. Like, I don't think I'd feel bad. Uh, Like, I'm a big proponent of just, like, assassination of, like, harmful dictators. Oh, you want to be one of those people that they, like, put kind of, like, a poison capsule in your hand and then they send you to, yeah. like, the country and then you, like, shake. You're, like, uh, the interview. Sure. Uh, and then they send you there to, like, do an assassination of, like, a, a guy who's, like, a, a doing a genocide. Mm-hmm. You'd have to make sure that, like, there's structure there so it's not just an equally bad guy taking over. I know. That's the that's problem. That's the tough thing. So <clears throat> maybe you have to take out the whole regime. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have a lot of work to do. Oh, my God. So you should really be working for the CIA. I've been saying that for years. I There's uh, a part of me that's like, I missed an opportunity here. But that's because I have poor language skills. Like, I can't learn foreign language, and you need that to be in the CIA. The CIA is also really questionable in terms of the stuff that they pull off and do. Yeah. Really, I think what we've learned is you can't trust anyone. And I guess you have to be a vigilante. 
I don't know. We're not going to solve this. No, we're not solving it. I'm just saying that I'm realizing that like I have I have like pretty loose rules. Not rules. No, I have very strict rules. Yeah. In in when it's okay, but they do not align with legality. Dude, if one of us is in court, they're going to use this audio. Yeah, sure. Like, they're going to... And I'll be like, and that person deserved to die. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm saying strict rules. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's so hard because I also, like, think about the the people that, you know, their kid has been killed and they do a thing where they, in the court, are like, I forgive you. I, I don't know. It seems so case by case. Like, it Absolutely. seems so specific to case by case. Yeah. But, like, also, I don't I, – I really applaud, like, families of victims of violent crimes because I don't know how you sit in that courtroom and not, like, fully jump the thing and, and mm-hmm. strangle the – And imagine when they get let go. Yeah. How do you not just immediately go to that person's house and kill them? I think it probably happens a lot, actually. Really? Um, if my procedurals that I watch are anything to yeah, go we're by. We're like, we like have no basis in reality. It's all no, just it's TV, all TV. That we I know, it's all TV and movies. We have no concept. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it has happened. I think I remember a ca- there were like cases where the, they, if the guy got off, they were going to like take a gun and kill them. Uh, which like, to me, kind of understandable. Yeah, I get it. I just like, I, then it's just like, is it worth your life? Like, giving up your life to be in prison for that. True. But then it's, like, it's hard because with self-defense, um, sometimes there's people who will claim self-defense and they're just racist. Oh, absolutely. So, like, I don't know what the answer is. There's it's no so- answer. I'm I'm also talking hypothetical situations where it truly is self-defense. Yes, exactly. I'm not talking about a drunk white woman walking into the wrong apartment and killing Ugh. somebody. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, we know for sure it is. Like, I'm talking about that movie enough. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> so that movie's fucking awesome because, like, it's, it's J-Lo being J-Lo and, like, but, like, a timid J-Lo at the beginning, which sure. we all love because then we get to see her flourish. Yeah. And she has this, like, a terribly abusive either ex-husband or husband who's, like, hunting her down and, like, intention is to kill her. So what and she does— And he's never going to stop. And he's, he's never, never going to stop. He's not going to get caught. And what she does is she, like, bulks up and, like, learns all of this stuff and, like, becomes, like, a martial artist and, like, and, and like gets him over to his her house and then she kills him. And I love it. Yeah, I'm look, I'm so I'm very pro killing domestic abusers and rapists. See? There we go. I don't want to take a hard stance here, but <laughs> I think uh But like when like in that scenario, I think that like the justice system let her down or like whatever the circumstances were. Oh, because with stalking and domestic violence and rape, like no no way is the justice system going to going to statistically you. Not protect yeah, you. And yeah, and so I think that like what she did was so awesome and empowering. Everyone should go watch the movie enough. <laughs> In anticipation of J-Lo's Oscar for Hustlers. Exactly. Oh, my God. This is also a great time to announce we have a brand new producer who's probably wondering what the fuck she got herself into. I know, exactly. (laughs) Welcome uh, to Just Between Us, Tamika. Tamika is our new producer. I know it seems like we've gone through a lot of producers and maybe there's something wrong with us. And I think there is. And there is. (laughs) But uh, Tamika is here to stay. So what did, what did you think of your first one? I think the strongest part was just uh, Adrian being very vulnerable mm-hmm. about being broken up with. Because mm-hmm. I feel like those are the moments where you feel the most alone. 
And so being able to come here and do a podcast and she'd never met you, Gabby, you know, telling this to a stranger than telling this to the world, I think was really pretty epic of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've, I, I've, have you been cheated on? Uh, no. Wow, that, lucky you. That I know of. Yeah. Uh, have you? No, not that I know of. Okay, well, everyone here is just fucking perfect. Uh, <laughs> That's not I, at all true. That's not what it means to be I cheated know. on. I know, because I'm here, because, yeah, this is what I, the joke, because I, I have been cheated on uh, just a bunch of times, and, um, and it is very isolating. It is mm-hmm. the it is the worst. It feels like you are disposable. You are garbage. You and you blame yourself and you think what could have I what could I have done differently? And like your mind goes to like the wrong places. Even like you know, and I saw this a bit in Adrian, which like I totally empathize with. But um, hating the other woman, where like I think it took me a long time to sort of get to the place of like. Oh, that's that person. If if they don't know, or if they're being manipulated, or whatever, like they're just as much as of a victim. I think unless it's someone you previously had a relationship with, uh, it, they're not even part of the equation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're like just all they're, of your energy and all of your focus should just be on your partner who did that. Exactly, and not and not on the other woman. But like I had to learn that because it's such an immediate reaction mm-hmm. to be like, "Fuck this girl," uh, and like, yeah, I just think like. It's hard to share that you've been cheated on because it feels so uh, like people are judging you and going, well, like, what did you do to deserve this or whatever? Oh, my God. I never think that. I never think that either. But I, I you imagine in your mind mm-hmm. that people are thinking that about you or that you're undesirable or that whatever. And so I I like I, I like that we did an episode where someone was sharing that because I feel like I would have liked to hear something like this when I was in the wake of being cheated on, for sure. Definitely. Let's let's end this roller coaster of an episode with a, a rating. Okay. An official rating. What do we give it? I give it four and a half stars. Because oh! I, I really wanted to hear more from Adrienne about, like, taking ownership of herself now. More about that. Just re-familiarizing herself with who she is and what yeah. she wants and what the next year is going to be like for her. I wanted to hear more of that. I mean, starting stand-up again, reevaluating if she wants kids. It's really like a, a an opportunity of like rebirth. Mm-hmm. If you're listening and you've and you're going through something like this, uh, coming back to yourself is like a huge great part of a breakup. With my last breakup, I like woke up and I was like, what the fuck have I been doing? <laughs> uh, I give it uh, I give it twelve out of twelve jurors on a murder trial. <laughs> And I will give it uh, a seven and a half out of six pride flags in a common room. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about the common room pride pride flag. We've covered a lot today. Uh, Thank you so much to Adrienne Earhart for being our guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Justin Asher. And Brendan Burns composed our theme music. Our producer is Tamika Weatherspoon. And our supervising producer is Josephine Martirana. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. No homo. Stitcher. 